0: We know that when our kids get angry, they tend to make bad decisions. But when we get mad at our kids, we do too. How can we understand our emotions better and model these skills to our kids so they can learn to manage these faster than our generation did? Today, we'll talk about ways to do that. I'm Dr. Sean Reynolds. I'm a clinical psychologist and I work with parents in schools to generate strategies to help kids develop in a healthy way. This podcast, Quarantine Parent, focuses on strategies during this unique time. This is not therapy, it's general strategies that parents can use to make it through this tough time in short five or ten minute segments that busy parents can listen to and find ideas they can put into practice to help them and their kids. Today's podcast focuses on helping our kids to understand what they're feeling inside. That sounds like kind of a cheesy psychologist thing to say, so let me describe why this is important in a practical way. During the pandemic, we have the opportunity to spend a lot more time with our kids. They're often missing out on some academic things that they would otherwise have been learning. And that's too bad, but not catastrophic, especially if we can teach them some other skills, life skills that are different from the reading, writing, and arithmetic that they would normally get in school. One of these skills has to do with understanding their own emotions. In my generation, we didn't talk about these directly a lot, especially as boys. This has resulted in a lot of downsides for us. We're more likely to act out negative feelings with aggression, whether through words or actions. And this has also led to trauma that never got resolved, which results in a lot of costs in therapy as our generation became adults. Or worse yet, didn't result in therapy, but had costs instead in terms of broken marriages, substance abuse, and relationship troubles. Now we have a better understanding of ways to talk about our emotions, though it's still not perfect. I think that parents really want to do this well, but have a hard time describing it. So, I want to describe a way of understanding our emotions that works for kids as well as for adults. This is something that your young child may have learned about in school, or maybe they would have learned about it if the pandemic hadn't happened, but it's a terrific way to understand emotional situations. There's an approach called Zones of Regulation, which has been developed by Leah Kuypers, an occupational therapist. This is something you can use with your child to share emotions. Here's the really short version of it. As adults, we often use complicated words to describe our thoughts and emotions. These are words like frustrated, annoyed, perplexed, or depressed. The problem is that young children don't quite understand complex feelings like this. So, when we're kids, we start off with really basic emotions. Things like fear, sadness, happiness, and anger. But we don't really understand the more complex or nuanced emotions. Children may have these more complex feelings, but not really understand them, and then they also don't have the complex vocabulary to be able to describe them, so it's hard for them to kind of get out what they are wanting to say or to describe how they feel. The zones of regulation method simplifies this for our kids. Describing emotions in four colors or zones, and these are green, yellow, red, and blue. Green is the simplest one. This is how we feel when we're calm and doing something that we enjoy, or at least something that we don't hate. Ideally, this should be our baseline feeling. If it's not, that might be a bit of a problem. When we're in the green zone, we can solve problems that come up calmly and rationally. And the same is true for our kids. This is when they're best able to learn and to communicate. I won't focus much on the blue zone. This is when we're feeling tired, sick, or generally having low energy. That's important, but for these purposes, I'm going to stick mostly to green, yellow, and red. The yellow zone is where we can start to get into trouble. This is when we start to feel... A little bit upset in some way, maybe our energy is a bit high. Um, This is more likely to happen if we're hungry or we're frustrated by a task, for instance. It's not always a negative thing, it can also happen when we're excited and looking forward to something, like planning a vacation or a fun activity. For our kids, parents often see the child as being spinny or not being able to focus well. And when this problem, when this kind of situation happens, our ability to solve problems goes down somewhat. For our kids, it's kind of a caution for us because it lets us know that a meltdown might be more likely to happen. Uh, They'll have just kind of a shorter fuse and not be able to problem-solve as well. And then next we have the red zone. This is when the person is freaking out or really upset about something. It can also happen when we're super excited about something too like getting a promotion or being on a roller coaster that we like, winning the lottery, but most of the time it's a negative sensation. When our kids do this it can come out through a tantrum, yelling or seeming unreasonable and when this happens we often will say things like use your words with our kids but they're just not able to do that their communication skills are not very good at that time what's important about these is that as the parent or the child moves into the yellow and especially the red zone our ability to solve problems it just goes down if you think about a time that you got into a fight with your partner or someone else often an hour or so after this happens when we're calm we think things like oh what I really should have said was that That's because when we're really upset, our brains just can't do these complex tasks, things like thinking about language well, or being able to problem-solve well. I sometimes say really stupid stuff when I'm mad for this very reason. Think about it another way. If someone asked you to do a worksheet of math problems when you're really mad, you wouldn't do them as well as you would when you're calm. What's nice about this framework is that you can teach this to kids as young as about five. There are probably thousands of visuals that can help with this. If you Google zones of regulation, you'll see lots of visual examples there, which I can't really describe well on a podcast, but there are so many of these available on the internet. If I ask my child, are you in the yellow zone right now? And she can identify that she is, then I know not to badger her with more questions or go into lecture mode that I can often naturally just kind of fall into. But instead, I know that's a good time to give her some time to chill out and to get back in the green zone where we can both work on solving problems together. Sometimes I can help to get her back in the green zone. Sometimes she just needs to be alone, and that's all right. I need to be able to give her that kind of space to do that. I want to be clear, too, that when my child is in the yellow or the red zone, it's also a lot more likely that I am, too. And when that happens, I may not handle the situation all that well, either. The goal here is not to just simply avoid solving the problem. It's to address the problem when you and your child are in the right frame of mind to do so. That's when you can communicate well and really solve problems well. So, I always want to have a practical idea, something that you can carry away from the podcast. For this one, my practical recommendation is to spend some time talking with your child about how to express emotions in the right way. I like the zones of regulation approach. There are other good ones out there too, but this one really seems to resonate well with kids, probably because it's so easy to understand. This can be used even with older kids, as long as you describe it in the right way, working together to learn it, rather than talking to them like they're younger than they are, even though it's really simple. We don't want for them to feel like it's, you know, it's kind of babyish. My main hope for you this week is that you become more aware of your own emotions and to help your child become more aware of his or hers, too. And next time, we'll talk about managing more difficult emotions and modeling these for your child. Thanks for listening and stay safe. This episode of The Quarantine Parent was edited by Jenea Reynolds with support from Stephanie Landon, Stephanie Landon PR. Music was from podsummit.com. You can also visit my blog at QuarantineParent.com. As always, this podcast is for informational purposes only. It's not therapy and not a substitute for mental health care with a licensed professional. Take care and stay safe.